0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 474 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and the United States Dressage Federation. Tonight, for our second USDF show, we have a few updates from Kathy Robertson. We also have the second installment of our book club with Jack Ballew and her new book, And our trainer tip will be about the World Equestrian Games U.S. Dressage Team Selection.
2: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Hi there, Phil.
1: Hi, Reese. Are you excited about the USTF show?
2: I am. I'm really excited, and actually, um, we have great reminders, and I have a, like a sticky note in on my desk on what I need to do. And so I think everyone who's will also have sticky notes after Kathy's.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, so get really your good. pen and paper ready for yeah.
2: this. <laughs> to write down, you know, what's, what's going on. We But we have a really busy show today, which is lots of fun. And uh, so uh, we wanted to explain a little bit because there's been, you know, this is a new book club. And we wanted to kind of to go for it. So we decided the first show of the month, the USDF show, we will bring the author on and then next week we're going to review the book so everybody has one the, more the, the week book
1: from last month yeah from we decided to give everybody month. an extra week yeah so we're not uh filling this show with just book stuff so we're going to yeah. do the author <laughs> and then the and then the the review of the book from last month we're going to do next next
2: yeah week. and i i hope everyone's enjoying two spines aligned by beth baumert Phil and I have been reading it, and uh, Karen Isberg, uh, Kentucky Performance Product, she comes on the show, she's been reading it, so we've been <laughs> all been been reading it and talking about it in our lessons down here, so lots so of fun, and I think everyone will enjoy the book. Yeah, um, I've,
1: I've been incorporating the exercises and stuff yeah. into my lessons just to give them a try and see what people think, so
2: yeah. that's, a, yeah,
1: that's a fun benefit to uh, bring some new stuff.
2: I love it. I love it. So I hope everybody um, is is enjoying it. So one more week and we'll review it next week. Yeah. So it is going to be a very busy week for us. Phil, we're going to get this party started with Kathy Robertson from USDF right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, tonight for our USDF uh, podcast of the month, we are so happy to have Kathy Robertson back on. She is the Education Department Manager at USDF. Kathy, welcome back. We're glad to be back. Yeah, so it, it it's a busy time at USDF, isn't it?
4: It's a very busy time, and it seems like we never have a slow time anymore. With the competition <laughs> season going on, you know, pretty much year round, and trying to get a lot of education stuff in, it just never seems like there is a slow time. I love it. So you've got some great reminders for us this month. I do. There's four. We've got four things coming up that I want to remind people about. The first thing that's coming up is our um, Sport Horse Seminar, and that's August 5th through 6th. And we're going to be holding that at DG Bar in California. And the Sport Horse Seminar is really kind of a, a training program for judges. We It is a prerequisite to become a small R Sport Horse Judge with USEF. But it's also open to auditors and people who want to just learn about confirmation and form and function of the young horse and how to assess how they move. And it really is a great event. Christy Waisaki and Hilda Gurney are going to be our presenters for that. And that registration, I think the early bird deadline has just passed, but you can still um, register for that, I think, up through the middle of July.
2: Excellent. DG Bar is where in California, Kathy? Uh, it's in the
4: it's in Hanford, California, which is in the center of the state. It's about three hours north of Los Angeles and about three hours south of San Francisco. Got it. Cool. Excellent. Well, how, how about what's our reminder number two? Reminder number two is another sport horse event. It is our um, sport horse development forum. It is geared towards three year olds. And it was really created to kind of help bridge that gap between their in-hand training and their groundwork and their work under saddle. That forum is going to be held October 20th. It's at Sonnenberg Farm in Shearworth, Oregon. One of the first times we're going to be up in the Northwest with that program. Presenters for that are going to be Scott Hassler and Michael Bragdale. I'm really excited to have those two working together this particular program was sort of a a baby for Scott Hassler, if you will. It was really his program while he was chair of the Sport Horse Committee to get going, and we owe him a huge debt of gratitude for really bringing this program to light. It's been very popular, and I think a much-needed program for because so many people are starting those young horses, and you really want to try to get them off to a good start
2: absolutely and you know scott and and michael um we we know both philip and i and we've we've been to a a similar type program with the young dressage horse trainers conference they did it together phil right the first two years i think so they have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. together so that 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 is a phenomenal program that i think that i want to (laughs) go
3: so yeah we're
2: Well,
4: and the nice thing about this particular program is we have moved it around the country, so it is accessible to a lot of people. And so hopefully, you know, like I said, the first time we'll be in the Northwest and hopefully we'll be able to um, get a good attendance up there. Fantastic.
2: All right. Number three.
4: Number three, of course, we are headed into regional championship season. Um, Everybody's busy qualifying I did want to remind everybody that the prize list for the U.S. Dressage Finals and Bluegrass in the Open, uh, Dressage in the Bluegrass, are um, uh, posted on the website. And I believe the notice just went out that um, people can start submitting their declarations. And I think it's important for people to remember that a declaration does not cost any money, but you cannot attend finals unless you have declared yourself to want to go. So it's really, really important that people get these things, get their entries declared. So if they do receive an invitation, they're all set to go.
2: And and that's one of those things, right, Kathy? If you don't do it, you can't retroactively do it, right? You have to do that it is before correct. you go to regional championships, right?
4: That is correct. If you don't yeah. declare, you cannot go back and do it later.
2: So uh, it's really I am important. I am personally making a note to myself about that. Um, It's really simple to do. You just go, you follow the link, or you can find it on the U.S. Finals page. And you just, it literally takes two seconds, but you got to do that. So I I made a note for myself, too.
4: Yep. And there is no money involved to do it. It doesn't hurt you to do it. If you're thinking you, if you qualify, you want to go, or you're unsure, thinking, well, maybe, maybe not. Just declare yourself, then you're all set. I
2: love it. Cool. All right. Reminder number four.
4: The final reminder is, of course, our annual convention. While that seems like a long way off, it is November 28th to December 1st in Salt Lake City. It's going to be here before you know it. I think registration is going to be opening here soon. And we have um, some interesting elections that will be going on this year. As our president, George Williams, will be retiring and will be electing a new president. And we have some exciting panels for education coming up. I won't share with those quite yet what they are, but of course we are going into a new test cycle, so we might be talking
2: about the new tests. (laughs) Yes, we're going to need to, I'm sure. We will also talk about it here on the show. We'll get lots of new test info for sure. I love it. So um, yeah, it's a great time to get your tickets. I also made a note. to yes. Get my ticket to convention. See, Kathy, I'm just yes. glad we do this. Even it just helps me to get all these reminders. I love it. Fantastic. Well, Kathy, is there anything else that we we should be aware of going on, or are we just gonna get excited for next month? Well, I think we can get
4: excited for next month. Of course, we do want to remind everybody that you know to keep an eye on your you know your score checks. You know, year-end awards are going to be upon us before you know it. We want to make sure everybody's scores are getting recorded correctly. We do have our new, of course, our new adult equitation program underway, and we're going to be doing our first finals for that program at our regional championships this year. So we are excited about that. So just a lot going on.
2: Lots going on. I love it. Well, Kathy, if anybody has any questions, how can they reach you?
4: They can reach me at krobertson at usdf.org or they can go to the website and all of our program information is on the website and with links to the direct representatives in the office who can answer their questions.
2: Fantastic. Thanks, Kathy. We look forward to next month. Okay. I will talk to you
5: soon. Founded in
4: 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage.
2: Well, I'm very excited to have one of my personal favorite authors on for our next book club installment, and Jacques Belou. She is the author of 55 Corrective Exercises for Horses, Resolving Postural Problems, Improving Movement Patterns, and Preventing Injury. Jacques,
5: welcome to the show. Thanks. I love the show, and it's great to be back with you guys.
2: Well, we are really excited to have your book as our second installment of uh, our monthly book club. and uh, if people have listened to the show, you came on a couple years ago to tell us about some of your other books. So uh, I'm a fan of the Hundred and One Rasageer exercises. So tell us a little bit about this particular book.
5: Okay, this book came about because, as you've heard me say before, I'm an athlete myself. I run ultra marathons, and my emphasis on training horses, it's dressage based, but increasingly I apply a lot of cross training to the horses and I just see the outcome of it. It's so valuable. But, it, but in that process, I discovered that, you know, we're way more educated in today's world about where horses might be compromised or restricted or tight or imbalanced. Unfortunately, when we go about trying to fix those problems, or most amateurs, when they go about trying to fix those problems, they spend so much time trying to get it right that there's a lot of time spent not getting it right. And in that process, the wrong muscles are getting tighter and stronger. (laughs) So it's kind of this like, um, kind of like a hamster wheel that kind of goes around and around. So I thought to myself, there needs to be a bunch of exercises written down that are easy to follow that put the horse's body in the right alignment and joint flexion for what we're trying to get them to do to be athletes and to accomplish that without Including the learning curve of becoming an excellent rider, if that makes sense. So that's what these exercises are. They put they're meant to put the horse's body and joints through correct ranges of motion and balance and symmetry, and get those patterns into the nervous system in an easier, faster way.
2: Oh, I think it's great. So tell us, um, you know, because that's that's always the hardest thing, right? You you maybe you're trying really hard to ride your horse well. You have an injury crop up. And then you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do from here? So does this book kind of help people with that?
5: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I wrote my equine fitness book in 2009, a lot of people would come up to me after their horse had been injured or been on stall rest, or sometimes your life just gets busy. And they'd mm-hmm. say, you know, these different issues have come up, either he has sore feet or he's hollow in his top line, whatever, you know, which of these exercises should I do? And then, you know, how long do I do each one? And, and do I, do keep doing it for three months or should I just do it for a month and move on? And, you know, there's all these questions about how do you use different exercises? So this book 100% addresses those questions and it has these timelines that just lead people through do this for this long, then do this, then do this. And it's really geared towards getting people to problem solve as well as when they already know kind of what their issue is, how to use the different exercises
1: was there a, was there any particular situation that inspired this as well or was it just feedback from a previous book
5: you know for me it was le- really you you can appreciate this as dressage trainers it was really learning the importance that there's a big difference between postural muscles and gymnastic or locomotion muscles and i what i've seen with horses and people is When you are not training with both of those systems in mind, what commonly happens is the gymnastic muscles not only get stronger and create more expressive movement, which for dressage is good, but underneath that, what commonly happens is the postural muscles are getting weaker and weaker, and then the nervous system adapts to that, so they stop sending signals. And if the postural muscles are not doing their job, it doesn't matter how strong those gymnastic muscles are. The horse is going to fail somewhere. Um, so really under understanding that and then finding exercises that fired up those postural muscles, um, and seeing the result of that, I think is what got me completely on fire to write this book. And, you know, it just changes a good trainers sort of do this, um, subconsciously. I think, you know, they, they make sure the horse yeah. is using his postural muscles and then they sort of address the gymnastic muscles. But I think for a lot of people working on their own, or maybe in between times with their trainer, they can get a little stuck just drilling certain um, movements repetitively, or always riding at the same speed, for example, and doing things that trigger those gymnastic muscles way too much. And then the then the nervous system changes, and that's when you get stuck. You just you're on a plateau. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So tell us, can you give us just like a sneak peek of an of an exercise that you love kind of as a a teaser for the book?
5: Yeah, you know, and they're all pretty simple exercises. It's not, they're not meant to be, you know, confusing. There's a few that I really love. One of them is what I call a snake over poles. So it's just a single long line of Cavaletti poles raised off the ground at about six inches. And what you do is just make a tight serpent in a walk, very slow walk, a tight serpentine back and forth across that pole. So you're crossing it obliquely. So the horse is stepping at an angle across the pole and it's used a lot in, um, rehabilitation programs. And I started to use it as what I call prehab. And I loved the difference I saw in the pelvic stability for horses when they started approaching lateral work and how sometimes they can get all wobbly and noodly and squirrely behind your leg. And it resolved a lot of that, um, because the idea is you're taking the horse in a, a state of being where he's, he's, those gymnastic muscles are not yet fired up. You do this at the beginning of your ride. You do this snake over a raised pole. You get about you know six or eight loops across this long pole and turn around and come back. You do it for about five minutes. And that really stimulates the postural muscles. Once they're switched on, they stay on for the rest of your session. It's just like um, a human athlete doing a Pilates session. Once those muscles are recruited, they're on. They're good to go. So that's one that I love, you know, and it, it's simple and easy and you can usually set it up somewhere that's out of the way and just leave it set up for a week and add that into your, your program.
1: Now I get the sense that there is some, some riding exercises and some unmounted exercises as well.
5: There are, yeah, there are, because I knew that some people would use it to rehabilitate from injury, so there's there's a good mix of unmounted as well as mounted. I'd say maybe two-thirds is ridden and one-third is, is unmounted, but then of the ridden exercises where they could be modified to be either ground driving or with a lunge on or something, I've you know, spelled that out for people if they are coming off an injury to modify for that. There's another cool exercise in there, and another, again, it's just an easy one to set up especially for dressage riders, I encourage what I call a proprioception path or, and again, sometimes in um, physical therapy programs, they call it a sensory re-education pathway. And it's just a 30 meter track that you can make um, different, each segment is about a meter long and you just use different surfaces. So you use wood chips and grass and water if you have it. And pea gravel, if you have it, and you just make this track and you walk the horse across it back and forth, back and forth about five minutes a day. And especially for horses transitioning to barefoot, which I know is, is pretty popular right now, it really stimulates their proprioception and the postural muscles because there's so much proprioceptive awareness through their feet. And their lower limbs that happens. And so again, that's just, it seems like such a simple exercise, but when you start doing it and seeing the result, especially for horses like dressage horses that work all the time on the same yeah. surface, the, the, the nervous signals can get a little dulled from that repetition. And this is just a really easy way to combat that.
2: No, I was going to ask you, because that's actually one of my young horses. He really struggles with proprioception. So I've, I've had to learn a little bit about it. Like, he didn't like that. He didn't like walking from grass to um, wet gravel, you know, chat. He, that, like, yeah. freaks them out. And so, like, I'm like, oh, that would be a perfect accurate. You know, he's getting better as he's gotten older. But, you know, I first got him, like, to take him on a walk around, you know, just a walk outside. It was, he just, you could tell he was like... Tentative to even step, and it was—I've never had a horse that was so tentative. So that would be like a perfect exercise. Um, yeah,
3: how cool for him,
2: for him, and and so it sounds like some of these exercises—you don't necessarily your horse doesn't necessarily have to be hurt to do some of them. Some of them could just be some fun cross training. Is that? Am I kind of on the right path now?
5: Yeah, yeah, and the and the publisher—I mean, I just can't say enough how nice it was to work with your fall group. They're just top notch, and. They have really designed the book so it's incredibly easy to access. Like, you open the book and you you know how to use it. You don't feel like, okay, I'm going to, like, read this from front to back, and now what am I going to do with the info? It's immediately clear, like, oh, I think my horse is a little bit stiff, for example. It leads you right to the exercises that are going to help you with that. And again, as I said, it tells you how long to do them and for this many weeks. And, you know, none of this is meant to be rigid. It's just all meant to be a helpful guideline. You know, it's not a prescription by any means. It's just good data, good starting point. So for horses that are not injured, there's a ton of information in here for how to, like, we all have a horse really crooked right or yeah. trying to get them more yeah. a more symmetrical or a lot of, them. Kind of exercises <laughs> yeah there's exercises in there for that sort of common postural challenges I call them yeah um, there's a list of exercises for just that
1: and how, how much how much of the theory is in there how did you incorporate that so that you can learn a little bit why why you're doing these things and and what it's going to help and and you know so the exercise, that, that kind yeah of thing?
5: that's that's a great um, question. The book is broken up into five chapters and the beginning of each chapter, you know, maybe the first 10 pages of each chapter has some of the theory. So the theory being, for example, what what does fascia do for the horse? You know, why is the fascia that surrounds muscles important? And And it's really written in layman's terms. It's not deep and complex and hard to understand. It's kind of the distilled, easy, um, (laughs) easily understandable version of this. You know, what is proprioception, these sorts of things. So the theory is up front in the beginning of the chapter, and then the exercises come at the end. And each exercise is very clear on why are we doing this and what, what do we think we're targeting with this one?
2: Well, in all your books, you know, like I said, I I love the 101 dressage exercises. It's it's in my tack room. It's a great one, you know, and if I have people that are um, confused, I just send them right to that book or like, oh, you're riding by yourself. I'm on vacation for a week. Try these exercises. So I use that book a lot. So I I know you're always very organized on how you how you do that. And um, I'm excited about the proprioception chapter, because like I said, that's been something I've had to tackle with a young horse that I have never tackled before and there's not a lot of information like it's not talked about a lot cuz if he's in a dressage ring it's not a problem but if you have to right, right walk around like yeah, I
1: think there's a lot of new research about these mm-hmm. topics as well I think you know mm-hmm. we, yeah. we see it being I talked about more and more yeah
5: I think you're right Phil and 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 in writing this book and in calling it corrective exercises which isn't a term at this point you hear a lot, but you know, 10 years ago, you never heard the term proprioception either, you know? So I think things are shifting, but, but I think that you're right in writing this book. I'm hoping to just join the conversation. Do you know what I mean? I want to, I want to see this area growing. I want to see more, you know, money maybe put towards research around these, these better ways we can keep our horses and manage our horses so that the training progresses you know, easier yeah. and faster and and um, smoothly. So, you know, I'm just hoping to add my voice to the to the discussion and maybe help nudge it forward. But I think you're right. You're hearing more of it, and and that's exciting to me.
2: No, I think it's awesome, and and also because uh, some veterinarians, you know, they'll they'll say, "Oh, do this," um, or they don't know how to rehab a particular horse or. They don't know, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky where I am here in Lexington. You know, I've, I have, but if you're, you're in an area, sometimes the veterinarians, they don't have the knowledge. So I think that this book also will really help with the conversation of how to rehab this particular horse or how do I do it? Or so I think uh, I'm excited to add it to the library for sure. Well, Jack, we can't thank you enough for coming on. We always love it when you stop by. If our listeners have some more questions for you, um, how do they find you and where can they find the book?
5: So the book is available on my website, JeckBaloo.com or on Amazon. And then um, readers can find more of my articles about this kind of stuff on my Facebook page and my Instagram. Those are both Jack Aristotle Ballou. Great. Awesome.
2: Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to all of us, uh, you know, learning some stuff in, in next
5: month's book club. Thanks so much, guys. It was great to join you again.
2: Well, Phil, we've got a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week coming up, but I have to be honest, I don't know about you, because it's like a thousand degrees here, but I am <laughs> washing my Stretch Tech liners every day, and they're still amazing. So I, uh, uh, the Stretch Tech shoulder relief girth is such a great product. Um, I use it on a lot of my horses, um, but the liner is, I think, the best thing ever because i'm washing
1: yeah, them it's oh, a I, fantastic idea i don't i mean i i don't know uh what inspired it maybe we'll we'll ask justin yeah, about it next time yeah. job, but um, it just seems like a such a simple concept and i think that the girths are going to last a lot longer than your you know traditional leather girths because you know we try we try to clean the leather you know the leather all the time condition it all the time but we know that if you if you hose down leather and put put it away it's not going to not gonna last very long, but we can certainly, you know, um hose down these liners and put them back on the next day after yeah, they drop. Or put it. them in
2: the wash. Yeah, yeah or put them in the great. wash. So
1: we can keep doing that or you know, and if something happens to one, maybe the dog gets a hold of it or something <laughs> that we can just we can just buy, you know, get a new liner, and it's. Uh, they're really very fair.
2: economical. Yep, they're yeah. very economical, and uh, it kind of yeah. goes in yeah. the same product. And they're great too because um, I have actually, because Justin's great and and help, you know, wants us to to test the products and make sure we're we're really loving the products as well. Um, but I've done the neoprene, and I also have done the leather, and I've also done uh, the fleece lined. So I really like them all. And the fleece line is really easy to use. You just pull it right off and stick it in the wash and put it right back on. It's great. So as always, Total Saddle Fit, we love them. They do a great job with their products. And if you have any questions, uh, totalsaddlefit.com. So Glenn, we've got a really, really fun Trainer tip. It's actually not really a trainer tip, but can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on this week?
0: Yes, uh, we had a chance over on the 2018 WEG show. If you're interested in all things World Equestrian Games, Samantha Clark and I do that show. It comes out twice a month, and then during the World Equestrian Games, every night we'll be doing a daily wrap-up show. All 14 nights of the World Equestrian Games, Reese and Philip will be there to help out with the dressage portion of that. Because you really don't want Samantha and I talking about dressage <laughs> too much. So I don't know. Samantha could probably yeah. Do Samantha can handle than... it. She was an inventor. She she, could, she, could, she gets yeah, the she concept. Can it. But I had a chance <laughs> to catch up with Hallie Griffin, who's managing director of dressage for the USEF, and she talked about the shortlist and really went over all the combinations. And we got a preview of what's to come for the World Equestrian Games because one of these guys, gov- or actually. Four of these combinations are going to be picked for the team. Is it four or five? I think it's four. 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 It's four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Four, so three, yeah. two, one. So four of these combinations are going to be picked for the WEG team that we talk about right now. I have Hallie Griffin here, who's Managing Director for Dressage at the U.S.E.F., United States Equestrian Federation, or U.S. Equestrian, and we're going to talk a little bit today about where we are in the process as far as the U.S. team is concerned. And first, I, Hallie, thank you so much for joining us. Where where are we at as far as try-on and preparations and getting everything ready? Yeah. Well,
6: um, thanks, Glenn. We are um, looking forward to the WEG in September. As everyone knows, Tryon has only had two years to prepare for the, for the games following the announcement that Bromont had stepped down from the host for the 2018 WEG. So they have been very busy. Uh, we did a site visit back in April. They had the dressage test event in April, which was a CDI three-star. And we were pleased with the preparations and we're looking forward to bringing a strong team in September.
0: Now, on a personal note, how excited are you like we are that we're only like 70 some days away? Here, It's getting close.
6: We are super excited. We're super excited to have the teams from all over the world come to our home and to our country and have um, a great competition. And try on.
0: Well, I think it's going to be two. Um, and we do have a short list. Now, the eventing team, as we announced, has been selected, but we're still on a short list with the dressage team. But they have been competing. And I think it's becoming clearer and clearer all the time who, who the players are. And what I'd love to have you do is go down through that short list and talk a little bit about. Uh, I know a lot of them have been in Europe, and we can talk a little bit about mm-hmm. how they're doing. And the short list you're going to be taking, as I, how many will be going to WEG?
6: Yes, we have a team of four athlete-horse combinations that will go to WEG.
0: And then yep. there'll be a reserve or a couple reserves. Uh,
6: yeah, we okay. don't have a, a traveling reserve um, for the World Equestrian Games and Dressage. So that means they won't come onto the venue. However, we will have a reserve horse in the Tryon area. So that in case there's a reason why we need to substitute at the
0: last minute, we would be able to. And of course, the reserves are always used if something happens between now and then with the, with the horse yes. before it even yep. starts. Yep. Right. No, for sure. OK, so short list. Uh, who do you want to start with?
6: Yeah, so we have a, a really terrific shortlist of Grand Prix combinations. The shortlist was named at the beginning of May. So there was an initial qualifying period where these riders were competing in CDIs. Um, our selectors named a shortlist at the beginning of May. And now the shortlist is required to go on and compete in uh, designated observation events. Our designated observation events this year um, were the Rotterdam CDI 05 star and 3 star, the Lou de Lange CDI 4 star, which is coming up. And the Aachen CDIO five-star, four-star.
0: So the, um, so the team our, will not be selected until after all of those?
6: Correct. Okay. Yeah, we will go through all of our observation events prior to the team um, being selected. But um, we initially had eight riders named to the shortlist. Each rider was named with one horse, with the exception of Stefan Peters, who was named with two horses. Unfortunately, we had Sabine chute Carey and Sanseo um, withdraw from the shortlist earlier this summer, so we are now at seven riders and eight horses, but it's still a very, very healthy um, group of riders and horses and um, strong competitors. We have Shelley Francis, who is a longtime veteran for U.S. dressage. She's competed on many Nations Cup teams. She's been on the World Equestrian Games team. She's on this short list with Danilo. This combination competed in the FEI World Cup finals um, in Paris earlier this year. We have a fan favorite, Laura Graves, yep. of course, with Verdadis. She is our leading U.S. dressage rider currently. They are currently in Europe and getting ready for their first observation event, which is the Lude Launch CDI four-star. We have Ashley Holzer, who we are very glad to have on the American side now. She uh, used to ride for Canada. That has now changed her sport nationality to ride for the U.S. She is riding Diane Fellow's Havana 145. Um, She's competed in Rotterdam, and she'll now be competing in the next two observation events as well. We have Olivia LaGoy-Weltz. Olivia is from Virginia, and she and Marianne McPhail's Lenoir have been in Europe since the end of May and are competing in all of the observation events as well. Adrian Lyle, who is also a former um, 2012 Olympic team member and 2014 World Equestrian Games member, is competing Betsy Giuliano's Salvino. This is a younger stallion and up and coming horse that has uh, shown some really exciting scores, and we're excited for this horse for the future, for sure.
0: And Adrian did very well over at Rotterdam, didn't she?
6: She had a, a Super showing. She rode on the Nations Cup team there with Salvino, where she rode the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix special. Uh, She did have a a bit of a hiccup in the special where her noseband broke at the last minute. Luckily, her groom had a spare one and they were able to get it back on the horse. um,
0: See, that happens to even top level riders, people. (laughs) Always have an extra Haven't we always Haven't we All had something happen Stirrup Leather Something happen In a shell It happens Mm -hmm. Yeah
6: No So that was um, A pretty uh, Heart pumping moment But it all worked well And it shows Adrian really Truly does have Nerves of steel To be able to Go in and ride a test Right after
0: that Didn't she win The Grand Prix Special Too on a different horse She did Yeah She won
6: the Grand Prix Special On another horse Horizon
0: Yeah Um,
6: Who's another Up and coming Grand Prix horse That she has coming then we also have Casey Perry Glass. Uh, Casey was a t- 2016 Olympic team member for dressage on um, the bronze medal winning team there in Rio. She is riding Diane Perry's uh, Gorkling Guards Duble, which was her Olympic mount as well. They also just had a, a super showing in Rotterdam where they were on our Nations Cup team. They had a 77% in the freestyle and um, have continued to have an upward trend in their scores over the past several months. And then lastly, a, a, of course, a favorite of many is Stefan Peters. Um, Stefan has two horses on our short list. Um, he has Rosamunda and Supincasper. Both horses are owned by Four Winds Farm um, and Akiko Yamazaki, his longtime sponsor and owner. Um, Rosamunda um, has been a horse that he has had the past several years. He's done the FEI World Cup final, um, and he just rode her in Rotterdam on the Nations Cup team as well and had a very successful show. Uh, Supin' Casper, whose barn name is Mopsy, um, is a new horse for Stefan and kind of an up-and-coming horse uh, only in its, I believe, second year of Grand Prix. Um, so he's having a, a lot of fun with these two very, very talented horses.
0: super Kasper uh, actually finished third in the Grand Prix three-star at Rotterdam yep. too, so not too shabby for an up-and-coming. No, 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 definitely not. I am so excited. I think, to be honest, I, I am... The most excited about the dressage team and the prospects as a team and how we're going to compete at WEG, I think, you know, for the U.S., I think that we have we just have such a strong team this year.
6: Yes. Now we we have a super um, strong team and our primary goal for the World Equestrian Games is to qualify for Tokyo Olympic Games. The Tokyo Olympic Games are in 2020. Um, in order for the U.S. to receive a team spot there, we have to finish within the top six teams at the World Equestrian Games. Um, So that's our primary goal. And of course, we're also shooting for that medal podium. Um, We had a bronze team medal finish in 2016. We have a lot of super combinations this year. So I think um, we're definitely, again, aiming for that medal podium.
0: Very good. And I did notice that you guys also have a Facebook page that, that you can follow specifically for dressage, right?
6: Yes, our USA Dressage Facebook page has lots of information, a lot of fun photos from the events. Um, We also post information on there regarding our national championships. So it's it's really kind of for the whole spectrum of the sport.
0: And And I looked the other day, I haven't looked today yet, but I did look a couple of days ago, and it looks like there's still tickets available for almost everything dressage-wise at this point.
6: Yes, I think that's my understanding. Um, normally, the freestyles sell out pretty quickly, so if someone's interested in the freestyles, they should get in there and, and try to get a freestyle ticket. But um,
0: well, whatever yeah, ticket you want, like, you should get it soon. We're running out of time. <laughs> so, yeah, no, for sure, it's
6: it's right around the corner.
0: Yeah, it's all, I, we all
6: know that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So definitely uh, take a look at the website if you want tickets. Just go to the Tryon website. If you want to learn, uh, you know, follow more about the dressage, the U.S. dressage team specifically, then go to Facebook. It's USA dressage. You'll find it on there. There are a lot of terrific pictures. They're really good. Yeah, we have a lot of
6: a lot of kind of behind the behind the scenes, some candid photos, which are always fun.
0: Well, I hope that you'll join us at least once one more time after the team is announced. And then uh, we will be there doing daily wrap up shows at the end of every day in the media center. So we'll be uh, definitely covering the dressage and recent and Philip will be there helping us with the coverage. So it should be a lot of fun. Super.
6: Well, we're looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to seeing everyone there.
2: Well, as always, we love every email, Facebook, shout out. We we look at them, Phil and I, we see them all the time. Uh, so we've got a great one for next week coming up, a, a trainer tip of the week. So keep them coming. We, we love it. We've got a
1: couple of stuff lined up. So yeah, yeah. If, you send, if you send us questions and stuff, give us a little bit of time to kind of sort them out. But uh, we'll, yeah, we'll bring them on. We We love these questions. We'll get to them for sure.
2: Yeah, we queue them up. So sometimes it, it it may take a month or two, but we will we'll get them answered for sure. Well, as always, the United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org or for more information, that's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, DressageRadio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is MapleCrestFarmKY.com and my email is Reese at HorseRadioNetwork.com.
1: I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is Philip at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.